as we started this new year out, I started talking about 2020 vision. I began to preach what God laid on my heart about we needed what we needed to see this year and in our 2020 vision. When we think of 2020 vision, we think of our eyesight. And we all want to see clearly. I wish I didn't have to wear these, Brother Angel. It's frustrating because you're just a blur over there to me right now when I look like that. But, but I believe God is talking to us and wanting us to see greater vision of Him and what He wants to do here at TFT. We began by preaching on the importance of not only reading God's Word, but studying God's Word. And by the way, just put a plug in, the women that are having a Bible study, when does that start? 20th of February, and, and I believe they have it on a morning and a night. It's the same lesson all day long, but if you can make it in the morning, then you have a time slot you can make it, but if not, you can make one at night. So you, we're trying to make it where you can make this Bible study. It's going to be awesome, and you know what? It's going to be what we make it to be. We come expecting God's going to do something through that Bible study. That's not in my notes, but there I, I, I want you ladies to... Get a hold of the word with us. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, it told, told us to study and to show ourselves uh, thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to study God's word. Next, we spoke about the need for our vision uh, to have God's presence. And I'm going to tell you what, if you don't feel God's presence... You need to sit in a different spot. You need to get somewhere. Something's wrong because God's presence is here. God's presence was here this morning. He's been visiting us over and over and over. But not only right here in church, we need to have God's presence on the workplace. I keep seeing Brother Angel out of the corner of my eye here. On the workplace, that's where I need God more than ever. When I'm out there dealing with plumbers like Scotty, I need God more than ever. Scotty knows he needs God more than ever when he's climbing under a house and have to deal with customers. You need God more than ever out in the world. We need his presence then. We must encounter God's presence. John 4, 24 said, God is the spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We need to worship God. We need to have his presence. We need to have that counter, encounter with him every day. Next, we talked about the peace of God. John 14, 27 said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. Not just say, hey, shalom. We, we discussed that. It's a different peace. It said, uh, Peace I leave to you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There's no need to fear. God's in control. He knows exactly what's going on in this world. Today, a, a legend basketball player passed on. It did not happen that the Lord didn't know something about it. It's hurtful. It's, there's people grieving all across the country right now. But if God wasn't shocked by it. Don't think, well, the world's coming to an end because somebody died or somebody's voted out as president or impeachment trial. God's still in control. There's no need to fear these things. God knows what's going to happen before it ever happens. Amen. Everybody get a nap today. Okay, I got a one-hour nap. I'll just tell you, so I'm a little refreshed. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Usually I don't get a nap, but I'm, I'm feeling good right now. We preached about God's protection and how Isaiah 54 proves his protection for us. No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment shall 
thou condemned. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Next, uh, what we learned about God's promises, Jeremiah 29 11. And I get, I, you have to understand, I could have put a lot of different scriptures in here, but the, these are the ones I chose. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all you that labor are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I picked them two promises there because we need rest. We need rest. And I'm talking about from life's troubles, things going on in, in politics and everything. And I know I keep saying politics. I don't watch the news. I'll just be honest with you. I still hear about it from everyone else, and that's pretty bad. When I don't watch it and I'm still hearing about it, I know some things are going on. I know some things are going on. It's just a few of the promises that God give us that we can expect and lean on. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. The next thing we talked about was God's power, John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost to come upon you, you shall be my witness unto me, both in Judea, or excuse me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, and in all Judea. Would somebody else come read my scriptures for me? And in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Then in Matthew 28 and 18, I believe I read this this morning. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Power. We have the power I said, it, I said it when I preached this sermon. Laverne Tripp had the song, We've Got the Power in the Name of Jesus. Don't you like my singing voice? We have the power. We have the power in the name of Jesus. We need to realize we live far below what God wants us to, to live. We don't claim the promises. We don't live where God wants us to live. He wants us to live like King's kids. He does. And we don't live that way. Finally, we looked at God's promotions. No one is promoted except God sets them up, and no one is put down except God judges to do so. Psalm 75 and 6, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. If you need a promotion in your life, God is in control. He knows what he's doing. So now, if you'd stand with me. I want to look... At our last uh, sermon in, in this, I hate to call it a series, but I guess it was, 2020 vision, God's provision. How many knows that God will provide what we need? When we think of provision, we always think of money. There's so many other things we need. You know, when you're sick, your money don't mean a thing to you. You would rather have the health. Provision. We need provision. Matthew 6 and 30 says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow it is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? How many's heard that term before? That's where you got it from. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? 
For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. That tells us right there, God knows exactly what we need. That could lead into a whole nother sermon. He knows what you need already. Start telling him your wants. He's your heavenly Father. He's your heavenly Father. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I want all them things added unto me. Amen? All. All. The abundance. We talked about it this morning. I want all them things added unto me. Father, I thank you, Lord, today for your word. It is anointed. Father, I thank you for your presence. You've, you've been with us again today, Lord, and I'm so thankful and honored that you've been with us. God, I ask you, Lord, right now to open our eyes of understanding, Lord, that we will hear the word of God, that it will take root deep inside our spirit. Hide me behind the shadow of the cross. Lord, let me speak the words you want me to speak. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You can be seated. Jimmy Swaggart said this about that scripture. I wanted to just read this to you real quick. If we seek God first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If we'll seek God first, we'll position ourselves to receive God's blessings. I, I, I'm not just a, a prosperity preacher. I, that, that, that's, not, that's not me. But I'm telling you, what, God keeps hitting me with this stuff. He wants us to live in abundance, and abundance does not go with poverty. It doesn't. And every time I'm reading the Word, I don't see anywhere where it says God wants us to live in poverty. It doesn't. You know what? If you're living in poverty, you can't advance the kingdom like he wants the kingdom advanced. Amen? All these things shall be added is the guarantee of God's provision when we seek God first. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God already knows exactly what we need before we ask? He does. But he still says, ask. He still says, knock. I, you know, my, I know what my kids need, but I still want them to come and ask me. I'm not going to get too far. As a father, I know what my boys' needs are most of the time. All three of my boys at one time or another were, are, and will be worried about what we're going to do about supper. I've, I've only forgot to feed them one time that I can remember. They were babies, and I was keeping them at home, and Shelly went to work, and she come home. She said, what did you guys eat for lunch? And I was like, I don't think we eat lunch. I got to think, no, we didn't eat lunch. Well, I said, they didn't say anything, so we didn't eat. You know, I didn't think about it. So I only forgot to feed them once. Where are they going to get their needs met? I know their need, and it's easy and, and, and wait, let me start that again. It's not nearly as severe as they let on. Dad, I'm hungry. That's Cardinal there. Dad, I'm going to chew my arm up. I'm like, no, you're not. It's not that bad. I mean, we've all used that. I'm starving to death. No, we're not. Look at us. We're not starving to death. For all the children in the house that still live at home, this is to you. Let me reassure you that 
most of the time, probably 99.9% of the time, your parents knows what you need already. They know you have to eat. I don't get in the car with card and that we, we start to take off. So we're, we're, Dad, where are we going? I said, we're going to go eat something. Where are we going? I said, son, sit back. I said, I've taken care of you. Ten years, I've kept you alive. You've only missed one meal. You're going to make it. Trust me. God put me in charge. I'll tell a quick story. The other day, he walks in. I got three boys. I keep repeating some of these same things with these three boys. And, and this happened with, I, I believe it happened with the other two. I know it happened with Taylor. One day he was telling me, I said, did you get the trash out? No, he didn't get the trash out. I said, you're in luck. God give me the ability to make time. Because he said, I don't have time, Dad. I said, you're in luck. God give you a dad that knows how to make time for you. You don't do any video games. You'll have plenty of time to take out the trash. Thank you, Jesus. He just showed that to you. This week, this one over here. Am I going to embarrass you if I tell this story? No, it's ain't about it. I said something, I think it was trash. I think it was, trash is usually the, what, what was it? Pick up his movies. That's right. He had them spread all over the couch. I said, pick up his, Dad, I just haven't had time. And it was one of the Maha ones. Oh, God give me the ability to make time for my kids. You're in luck. He goes, Dad, don't start that stuff. Like, don't say them things. You, you do have time. Get it, get it taken care of. Oh, my but parents, with children living at home, we know your needs. Cardin is one that he, he says, Dad, I, I, want, I want to go here or there or I'm hungry or whatever he may be saying. And I, I'm not real loud at home as far as uh, talking to him. But I, I say, okay, or I'll shake my head or what. And he'll just keep on saying until I'll turn around and talk to him. He's got to have a conversation about what he's going to eat, what, what, what we're going to do. And so I just want the kids to know here tonight that your mom and dad heard you the first time. You don't have to repeat it four or five, six times. They heard you the first time. They know you're hungry. They will feed you. Parents, we provide the things that our kids need, and we give some of the things that they want. All the kids should say amen for all the things that you want. We provide for our boys according to what they need, want, and what we know would be good for them, and if we can afford it. That's, that's me and Shelly. That's what we do. One year, we bought one of our sons a used go-kart for Christmas. I'm just going to say, I, I'm living experience. Just say no if this, this opportunity passes you by. Say no to it. Um, this wasn't a need. This was a gift. This was a want. This go-kart was a racing go-kart, and they told me that it would do 70 miles an hour. Uh, I didn't want a go-kart that would do 70 miles an hour, but it was, it was a good deal. And uh, they told me I could fix this. So we knew better than to give our son a, a go-kart that would go that fast. So we adjusted the, the, they had a little screw for the gas pedal. wouldn't let it go down so far. The motor would still put, pump it out, but if the pedal would only go so far, Brother Bill, you couldn't go any faster. That was it. But somehow, in the maiden voyage of, of this go-kart, the throttle got stuck open, even though the pedal wouldn't go all down. Something happened to that carburetor, or something, and it got stuck open. And we live on a piece of property that has these levees that just goes down, down, down into a, 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 a wire, barbed wire fence. And uh, next thing I know, I heard the motor raise, and I look over, and there he goes. Whoom, 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 getting air on every one of these. 
And I'm yelling and running after him, saying, turn the wheel, turn the wheel. I just seemed just decapitated in that, that fence. And uh, he turns the wheel, and guess what happened? It rolled. Did I mention I forgot to buy a helmet? <laughs> I forgot to buy the helmet, and I'd give him the go-kart. So I thought Shelly and I had been great parents that year, giving a great gift to our son, the gift of concussion. And that's what he had when we got done. But if I know how to give good gifts, how much more does our Heavenly Father know how to give great gifts? Matthew 7, 11. If you, then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? He knows. He knows our needs, but he gives us great gifts, too. If we can do it in our heart's evil, how much greater can he do it? He knows, he understands, he sees it, he's giving us what's good for us, what we need, and sometimes just our wants. Sometimes just our wants. I praise God for them. When we think about the word provision, or by just saying the word provision, it makes us think there must be a need or a lack. When you're providing something, that's usually what, there's, there's something missing. So you need provision. Keep in mind the provision must fit the need. For instance, an Eskimo living in an igloo probably doesn't need a refrigerator. He probably doesn't need that provision. A man that shaves his head bald probably doesn't need a hairbrush, hairspray on a windy day. So Jesus put it this way, Matthew 9 and 12. But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. What he's saying is the ones that are sick, they're the ones that need the physician. They're the ones that need the doctor. So the provisions got to match the need. But where we have lack, where we have a need, God has provision for us. Webster's definition for provision is this, as the action of providing or supplying something for use. Some days, when everything's going wrong, the provision we may need that day, may just be a hug. I, I, I need a hug. We have a need. We, have, we need somebody to come up and give us a big bear hug. Anybody had a big hug? I remember my sister-in-law, her husband passed away with Lou Gehrig's disease, and we'd go out and we'd visit her and the kids and just, just love on her. And she's like my sister and just love her to death. We went out one time and I seen her. We just seen her. I just went in and hugged her. And when, she, when I got done hugging her, she goes, I needed that so bad. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? She said, because, and I wasn't thinking her husband's passed on and everything. She goes, I haven't been hugged by a man. She said, it felt so good just to be wrapped up and just know that, you know, she couldn't have got out if she wanted to. But sometimes you just need a hug. I remember as a kid, I needed a hug every once in a while. I needed my mom and dad to tell me that, Drew, you are our favorite. We, you know, we are playing favorites with you. Some days, a card in the mail or a phone call giving us an encouraging word, it lifts our spirits. I'm going to tell you right now, if you've got a card for me for birthday or anniversary, I love sending cards. I do. I, 
I, I love to joke, and I love to put in, jo- I love to put jokes into the cards. I love to just, I enjoy it. I don't know if anybody else does, but I enjoy sending them to you, and I hope they're a blessing when you get them. Other times, we might have to encourage ourselves. David had to encourage himself. Things wasn't going well for him at all. He had to encourage himself. When we traveled, we always knew when the money was getting tight. It was a joke on the bus. Things get rough, get tight. We'd ask, is it time to go to Red Lobster? Because it seemed like every time the money was tight, it was like we were going for our last supper and we were going to make it good. It's going to be a good meal. We're going to go down. We're just going to go down big. The last supper takes on a new meaning when you look at it like that. Jesus is a master at knowing just what we need and when we need it. Amen. Tonight our need may be a spiritual need. Tomorrow may be an emotional need or a physical or a financial need. God knows that most of us always are in need of provisions in the financial. But the provision must fit the need for that day. From the spiritual standpoint, which is the most important, for we were all born sinners. There's that word again. We were born sinners and had to be born again. We needed provision of a Savior. We needed that provision. We had a need for a Savior. First Peter 1 Peter 1.18, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, and without spot, hallelujah, who verily was foreordained, easy for me to say, before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for us. Salvation was through Jesus Christ. Salvation was through the cross. Without that, that's what, that's what we hang our hat on. That's what Jesus did for That's why we call him Lord, He's Lord Jesus because he purchased us. He bought us. He paid the price. No other sacrifice. The animal sacrifices didn't work. We had to have perfect blood. We had to have that perfect sacrifice, as Brother Jordan was mentioning a minute. The old covenant couldn't save us. Being religious cannot save you. I can't save you. You can't save me. Pastors or anybody else cannot save us. We must have Jesus. We must have Jesus. That's what the word says about it in John 14 and 6. Jesus said unto them, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. There's only one way. It's Jesus. There's not other gods that you can get to heaven. And that's the popular thing going on right now is, you know, all roads lead to God. Doesn't matter what religion you're in. We're all going to heaven. No. There's one way, it's Jesus. One way, it's Jesus. If you didn't, I don't want you to misunderstand me. There's not another way. It's Jesus only. Jesus, one way. One way. I deserve judgment, but God gave me mercy. And again, provision has to fit the need. Ephesians 2 and 5 says, 
Even when we were dead in our sins, God had quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward, towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not you can't do so many things, just be a good person. If that was the case, probably we still wouldn't make it. None of us were good enough to do that. But God wants us to know it's through Jesus only. There, there's no other way. It's not through our good work. It's a gift from God. He gave us Jesus, and that's the way we're saved. When Jesus walked on earth, if anyone was sick, it was a simple thing for Jesus just to speak, and people were healed. I remember the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus didn't even have to speak to her. She just touched his clothes. Just touched his clothes. Well, we just need to get close enough. Sometimes I, I sit in here and pray, and I keep reaching up to heaven and doing this right here. You'll see me and say, well, look, Drew's making hand puppets. No, I'm trying to reach for that hem of his garment. I, mean, I know it's in the physical. You may think it's silly, but one of these days I'm going to feel something in my fingertips. I'm going, whoo, thank you, Jesus, touching the hem of his garment. Amen. Jesus would just speak and people were healed. Peter's mother-in-law was healed from fever. The man in the temple that had a withered hand was healed. The man of palsy was let down through the roof. He was healed. The dead man of the city of Nain was raised from the dead. Jesus was the provision for all of these needs. And so many more. So many more. Jesus brings provision according to our needs. However, Jesus doesn't walk on earth today. He doesn't do it. So he made provision for the sick, the weak, and the diseased. The doctrine of healing is based primarily on two scriptures. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many has been healed in this room before? God has touched you and healed your life before. And we read in, in 1 Peter 2 and 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. And then Matthew 27, 26 says, Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Brother Jordan was talking about it tonight. The stripes on his back. The scourging of his body, that is payment by his stripes, the stripes they put on his back. Dake's commentary says this about a scourge. A scourge was a Roman implement for severe physical punishment. It consisted of a handle of about a dozen leather cords. This sounds like a ranger tool, I'm just telling you, a royal ranger tool. <coughs> Excuse me. It consisted of a handle of about a dozen leather cords with jagged pieces of bone or metal at each end to make the blow more painful and effective. The victim was tied to a post and the blows were applied to the bare back and loins and sometimes to the face and bowels. The flesh was cut in several places by each blow. So hideous was the punishment that the victim often fainted and some died under it. It was designed to get confessions and secrets from victims, but what... But what could they get from an innocent, sinless man? Jesus. Flogging was permitted by the law up to 40 stripes, but the Jews reduced this down to 39 stripes. 
if the scourge used on Jesus had 12 thongs and he was hit 39 times, that makes 468 stripes that he took on his body. (laughs) For me. What a price. What a price. I cry at paper cuts. What a price. After Jesus paid a, this kind of price for this provision of healing, why would we not believe and receive healing from him? He's like, well, Drew, I want healing. Are you believing Are you believing? I'm not trying to accuse you. I'm asking a question. Are you believing? Are you putting your faith in him? God, no matter what, it's in you or I die. It's in you or I die. God, you paid this price for me. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus.